As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You are about to be trampled underfoot. There's a trial going on right now that is getting a little bit of uh, attention, and it's the uh, what the situation that happened where a 17-year-old kid went over to um, uh, Kenosha. He ended up, because of, of the situation with the uh, looting and burning yeah. uh, last year, he ended up shooting a couple of people and... Um, and now they're doing this whole trial and stuff, and it's on online. It's being, you know, filmed broadcast live, live, yeah, broadcast live. So there's a lot there, but I, I will say that what I find interesting and something very of our time now is that just like in the woodworking community, where you have shows, you know, that people get together and talk about woodworking. I've encountered just an interesting thing how this works, the world that we live in, the digital world. You have um, lawyers, attorneys gathering together, doing like shows for court proceedings and the wealth of information and opinion and thought back and forth as they're watching the play by play as if it was, you know, well, it is what it is. Uh, um, it's their 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 um uh world and um you learn a lot listening to these people and and seeing the the pros and cons of certain like um you know uh uh evidence that they put out and 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 uh witnesses and so on so i find it pretty interesting any thoughts on on that whole thing so so basically you're you're talking about say you have four lawyers and they have the trial actually playing in the background, but they're commenting on what's going on as it's happening. Right. Okay. So you're getting that filter through the eyes of the attorneys. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's an interesting concept that I hadn't really thought about. Uh, I would not have thought about something. I wouldn't have thought about something like that because you know, we all are armchair lawyers. We're all armchair quarterbacks. And well, he did this. Well, but did he do that? You know, there's certain ways evidence is presented. There are certain things you can say, and there's certain things you can't say. There are certain procedures, um, and just the legalese, just the jargon, is confusing to the average person. Most folks don't even pay attention to it. It's done that way for a reason. But um, it, it's, that's an interesting concept that I hadn't even thought about, honestly. Yeah. 
Well, what's, yeah. cool, what, what's cool is that 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 everybody with their own talents or you know specific focus, uh -huh. um, be it people that make like miniature rockets or people that do ant farms mm -hmm. and whatever the case might be, um, there's ample. They they in this digital world that sort of moves into like things like YouTube where people right. are sharing all this stuff. So it's just an incredible thing in 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 this sort of like little mini verse uh, of of a topic. You know? so, so so did you see this as an educational opportunity where you can learn a little bit more about the insight and the ins and outs of the legal system? Or I personally do because when you talk when you listen to um, attorneys or experts, um, by the way, experts doesn't mean flawless, um, infallible, right? But it does give you an insight into a world that you're not a part of, and um, you you can glean some nice nice uh, info from it. At least a general sort of like a, a idea of of the topic, and it's it's yes, it's informative. It's informative. Okay, okay, that's interesting. I, I would not have thought of that take. I can see how it's right. I mean, this more cynical side of me is going, oh, great, lawyer reaction videos. But the less cynical side of me is saying maybe folks will learn a little bit more about our legal system and not be so willing to be judge and jury in the press. Because we have a serious problem with that. People are tried and convicted in the press before there's ever arrest, you know. That is a good point, Mark. I think that that that, if anything, well, yes, I agree with you. But the people that are likely to just go frantic are typically not the ones that will take the time to sit and consume a little bit more of a nuanced uh, approach. There's, there is that, yeah. but I mean, if it if it educates people it's good so they're not as misinformed or ill-informed because i mean without having experience in that world like you said it all sounds like a foreign language and it's very easy for it to sound like a foreign language and you know if you're the person on trial you just wonder when do i get a chance to present my side of the story you don't realize that there's a process and a procedure that they have to follow. And it's done that way for a reason. And the main reason is uniformity. I mean, they use specific words. Some are Latin phrases, some are Greek phrases, but they're used specifically so that everybody is on the same sheet of music and there is no confusion. You know, uh, legalese is legalese because everybody was taught it every lawyer was taught it and they understand it and it's not like a secret code or anything it's done for uniformity because words have meanings and they want there to be no mistakes no um no confusion over a certain phrase so i i, I get that part but still the attorneys watching and commenting on how they would have handled the case or how they would have presented this or why it's a bad idea to call this witness or why it's a good idea to call that witness 
I can see that as nothing but educational. I mean, depending upon how they handle it, if these are a bunch of, you know, armchair quarterbacks that don't know what they're talking about, I can see how that would be just be a train wreck. But I mean, if these guys are handling it with the seriousness that it deserves, because, you know, we're talking about somebody's life here, you know, if they're handling it with the seriousness it deserves, then, Hey, you know, why not? Well, the, the, the it, it's not just one um, channel that does, there's like with, all there's all sorts of people oh, doing really? this sort of like um mm -hmm. i guess you'd call it like a, a reaction uh play-by-play -play reaction video some people aren't lawyers um that do it i've seen i've ran across and um okay. but in this particular example that i'm mentioning these are like all you know attorneys um and they do they give they said well that was not a good idea or why don't you object to that that the prosecutor so there's all these things, but what's interesting is that to going back to what you said about you know it'll it'll help inform people, even if it's not um, a play, like a, a perfect you know packaged thing. Um, the fact that you see there's complexity to the process and that there's a, a, a there's a built-in process that is leaning towards fairness. Right. Um, if you don't see that you know you're on a lynch mob so one thing that happened that they're poised depending on how the outcome is see here's the thing there people are reporting depending on on the outcome they're preparing for war in the street you know fires and raging. Well, and the thing well the thing is about that um you know these people that just go off you know and 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 start doing crazy stuff um they're they're not interested in truth no they're not interested in truth they're interested now i would understand if it's the family of the people that got injured let's say um it's still inappropriate but but i would understand that but like three to four thousand people or more um you know doing said yeah. rioting and whatnot so i would just say that um they just want an outcome that they want. Exactly. And the truth of the matter be damned. Yeah. They want their way. That's all they're interested in. They yeah. want their way. They, they've they even um, threatened. The, the judge got threat threats. Yeah. And, I know. And, but the problem is that um, he's being tried by a jury of his peers. Yeah. Um, so jurors will well, convict or or right. or not. But the, the judge, judge, but the judge, it depends on the state, but the judge can override the jury. No. If the judge sees that there's an issue. No, he can't. The only thing that can happen is there can be a, a hung jury and they could try it again. But the judge right. cannot um, say, oh, you said he's oh, innocent. Okay. Well, no, 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 no. The judge, no, you're, you're right about that. But the yeah. judge imposes sentencing. Correct. And that is an over, can be an override of the jury. I mean, it also it depends on the state. Depends on the state law. You know? Well, what they did was so what they the, what they did was that they they instructed a jury, oh. and they agree upon what the sent what the um the charges are going to be. So they did all mm -hmm. that. They fought right. back and forth with what charges. They right. dropped a couple of charges, and right. so you know the jury gets to say innocent the, or guilty right and the judge is the one that gets to put sentence. down the sentence yeah. exactly 
And it's, that's going to be down to what the state law is. Yeah, whatever, whatever is prescribed. The is. Right. Whatever is but prescribed he can, by But law. the judge can go for the minimum or the maximum. Yeah. So, you know. I mean, at, at, <sighs> at the end of the day, it's like, it's a... Just, it's you a, know, the whole comment is that um, people are reviewing it as if it's a reaction video. I think it's a good thing because either way, I mean, we shouldn't... At the same time, whatever we see, it's like, you know, if somebody jumps off a, a bridge, does that mean you should jump off? A, if you see someone jump off a bridge right. or they tell you to jump out, would you? So anything in life, I think, um, for the most part, right, um, you don't just because you see a, a, a Rambo Part 19 uh, movie does not mean right. you're going to go out and, you know, rocket launcher uh, the the jungles next to your, you know, it, it, you you're, you're consuming information and, and you're learning, but you don't go crazy. But these people, I would suspect that, that they're went looking, out to riot, they wouldn't, they could They're not, looking for an excuse. They're looking for an excuse. Yeah, they're like the people in uh, Frankenstein, mm -hmm. the, 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 the mob. Yep, and the torches and pitchforks. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And that's it. But they're looking for an excuse. They're looking for a reason, you know. Yeah. That'll that's, get them attention. So... Yeah. That's all I got to say about that. But, <laughs> so, but I, I found I found that particular um, angle very interesting. I personally don't know what's going to nobody does. Right. But according to what my backseat driver looking at all the stuff, I can't tell what 12 jurors are going to say. Right. But if I were one of those jurors. Yeah. <laughs> a long time ago. It was, well, you can't until they. But I, right. I mean just the video footage of, of what i see that's my personal you know just watching yeah um well just... also we don't know everything that was presented in the courtroom you know i mean unless you're watching 24 7 coverage of what goes on and that's part of the problem with a lot of the reaction to a lot of these verdicts is that most of us don't know what goes on in the courtroom most right. of us don't know the nature of the evidence, don't know anything about the witnesses, don't know what witnesses were called, or even if any witnesses were called. We just know that we either got the outcome we wanted to hear, or we didn't get the outcome we wanted to hear. Right. And we react accordingly. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, what can you say? It's... Yeah, I, I, from what I saw... From what I saw, and I saw the the footage, and I saw the the back and forth with the prosecution, and the um, so from what I saw and the actual footage, um, as a matter of, and by the way, nobody wins in this thing, no. um, but the act of self defense, I think it's 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 so yeah, uh, it's so um, basic yeah. human right. Um, they 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 are arguing whether he should have. Personally, I don't know that it's a smart thing to um, go to an area where there's rioting. No, it, it's um, not. And but then again, doesn't matter. None of that is relevant. You are under no obligation to take a beating. Yeah, right. But I, I, I just wanted to say that I don't see that that it's a, a smart thing to do for a 17 year old kid. Right. Um, to to be in a place. So the argument that's been done is using that, but like you just said, um, all of that does not come into the... What comes in is what was happening 
mm-hmm. when it doesn't matter that I, and I, I was driving towards McDonald's and I stopped in for a burger. Uh-huh. We're going to use the burger situation. No, it's at the moment of where you being attacked, were you attacking? Did you, it's that. that exactly. Moment. Exactly. And, and, you know, and so what I saw is the, the guy was trying to run away. The other guy, I mean, hell, um, it looks, it looks like, like he may not be convicted. I, I, of any of them. Um, however, I don't know what 12, that's why it's 12 yeah. jurors and, and, mm-hmm. and, and all that. So understanding that, you know, key point is that um, if there's rioting, it's more of the same thing. And obviously we're not going to ever come to a point where most people well. are going to, or not most people, there's always going to be a group of people that are so just insanely ready to foam at the mouth mm-hmm. that you will get situations like this because they, they, they don't care to um, consider nuance. No, they don't. They want their way. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. And that's it. They want their way. And if not, I'm going to go out in the street and throw a temper tantrum. Right. Which is you know, not too good. Which but... kind of invites more of the same. You know? Yeah. So, so what can you say? So anyway, so um, what you had, you said you had. Well, something. yeah, I, this is making me think of, I wish there were more. I wish people could see examples when we're talking about how people interact with one another. And we're talking about situations of dispute. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Where you have two people or two entities that don't agree over something, how you handle that disagreement. Have you ever heard of Hans Island? H-A-N-S. H-A-N-S, Hans. No. As in Hans and Franz, we're going to pump you up. No. No. Okay. Hans Island is a a northern Northern island. Excuse me. Um, It's in North America. And it's on something called the Nares Strait between Greenland and Canada. And 
I got this from our longtime viewer, Rick French. He posted a meme on Facebook. And this meme was interesting to me. And I said, that is so specific. That is so goofy. It has to be true. So I looked it up and I did a little bit of research and it is true. Um, so thank you, Rick, for bringing that to my attention. And I've been waiting to talk to you about this because this is so goofy. It's just one of those things. This better be good. Okay. Well, it, it is. It <laughs> is. Um, there has been a dispute between Denmark and Canada over this island. Now, it, it, it's not much of an island. It's basically a rock sticking up out of the middle of this strait. There's no source of water on it. It is solid rock. There's no beach. It's all cliff. I mean, you got, it's like a big boulder in the middle of this. The problem with it is, is that strait between Greenland and Canada, right at that point, it's only 22 miles wide. So by international treaty and international law, the island mm -hmm. is within the territorial waters of both Canada and Greenland. Mm. So they've been having this little argument over who's in control of this island, even though there's no resources on it. I mean, the only thing there is the occasional bird. Right. Both countries claim it's theirs, but in a lighthearted way. And this started back in the 80s, started back in, I got to pull up my notes here, started back in 1984 when canadian troops visited the island they planted a canadian flag and left a little sign that said welcome to canada and they left a bottle of canadian whiskey at the base of that flag the following year one of the okay now um Greenland is a, it's an autonomous country, but it's under the control of the Danish. They're, they're considered to be a part of Denmark. Well, uh, one of the high muckety mucks in, uh, in Denmark heard about this. So he went to the island himself. This is one of the foreign ministers. Took down the Canadian flag, put up a Danish flag, put up a sign that says, welcome to Denmark and left a bottle of Danish schnapps at the base of the flag. So basically what has been happening every year since 1984 is every year one or the other goes back to that island, changes the flag, changes the sign and leaves a bottle of booze from their country. And that's how they've run this border dispute since 1984. You don't want to know what I think. Is they swap flags, they swap booze, and they put up a sign for their own country. You don't want and, to know the first thoughts that came in my mind. And I, here I'm wondering, <laughs> why can't border disputes be settled that way? <laughs> oh, I mean, goodness. I mean, they're having fun with it. Both of them know that there really is, there's no resources on this thing. I mean, looking at it... Um, that's not what Americans would do. I can tell you that much. Well, it, it, it just depends. <laughs> um, it is literally a rock. I mean, it's, yeah, but there's it's our nothing rock. there. See, see, but that's the thing. It may be a rock <laughs> to you, but it's our rock. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, 
you know. <laughs> I mean, there are some there are some that say you could put a uh, a uh, weather station there. I don't know how you would man it because there's nothing there. There's no source of water. You'd have to you'd have to bring in everything. Um, it'd be a good early warning station or what have you. Eh, maybe, maybe not. But there is really no, um, there's really no, nothing there. So, I mean, literally. That's that's interesting. They're having fun with it and stuff. And, well, they if are. the world were more that way, there'd be no, you know what? There'd be no more pistola shootouts. And, like, you know, uh, it, it, I could... You know what I see? I see a, a couple of hippie a hippies get doing a little fun project. That's what I see in my mind. Whereas Basically, in America, yes. in America, I, I, you know what I, I <laughs> or well, America, the United States, I would see, I would see it completely. It would be a complete different story, in my opinion. Well, but we we have something similar in the U.S. Okay. The Rio Grande has changed uh, courses and it, it floods and it recedes and it floods and it recedes and what have you. And this we're talking about down in the U.S.-Mexico border in uh, yes. uh, Texas. It's not as easy now, but it used to be in the 60s, 70s and through the mid 80s. When the river was at its lowest point, that is the border. Neither side has any real control of what happens so there were bunches of people who would go out onto these little sandbars out in the middle of the river mm -hmm. and just party like crazy and do whatever they wanted to because yeah. there was no law enforcement from either side to stop them. So it was kind of a no man's land where there was, I mean, I won't say it was total lawlessness or anything like that, but let's just say acceptable behavior was the least of their worries and controlled substances were the least of their worries either because right. neither side would do anything. Now, once they got back into the U S or back into Mexico, if that's the side they came from, then you're subject to whatever that, that law enforcement has to say. So you could stand in the middle of the river and, and do your, your, your drugs and then go they, back. They did it for decades they did it for decades. There were notorious parties. I shouldn't say notorious. There were huge, loud, well-known parties out there on some of these sandbars out in the middle of the river when the river was low enough to where you could get out there and not sink in the mud. And I mean, some of them had very sophisticated ways of getting out there. I mean, one dude would get out onto the sandbar and they'd rig up pulleys with ropes and, you know, put a bunch of equipment on a plywood and uh, plywood and uh, foam barge and drag it across the river and then drag it back, you know, to bring more stuff and more people over. I mean, they'd get out there with generators and sound systems and the whole ding dong thing. Some of these sandbars are huge. Damn. And I mean, we're talking big parties with a few hundred people, you know. So we have a similar situation of no man's land, but neither side is trying to actively claim it. So Right. Well, but, I mean, um, I, don't know, I don't know. I think border disputes should be settled that way because, I mean, is colonization really a... Is it even a thing anymore? Yeah. You know, 
It is. <laughs> Are there still countries looking to colonize on other continents? Um, I believe at least in, what would you say the word is? The word would be accusation. So in our press, um, the accusation is, and I don't necessarily doubt it, um, either way, anyhow, um, that Russia is quite hard up on some of its um, former territories. Yeah. And that China is also hard up on, China is also hard up on um, some places in the, um, what you call the, um, uh, in the... In Asia there, in the central, central in Asia? In the Pacific, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know there are border disputes between China and uh, Russia. There are border disputes with Japan and Russia as well. Um, about territory that was won or lost during whichever war or what have you, or occupied now or what they consider to be occupied. Like China considers Taiwan to be... Uh, theirs. Uh, theirs as a part of China, that they are a rogue province. And we have stopped this far from recognizing them as a sovereign nation. We really can't because we don't want to cheese off mainland China. That's just too many people to deal with right now. Thank you very much. But that's been that that's been the policy since China closed down after World War II. So but I mean the imperial uh aspirations of colonizing you know other countries i don't really think is a thing anymore and i'm not talking about political influence because there's going to be political influence there's going to be a back and forth there i'm talking about actually physically you Man. know uh yeah america or uh the uk the british empire or japan or germany going to occupy another nation i don't see that as a thing nowadays do you no, well, not in terms of other than what we've just mentioned, mm -hmm. um, because they did bring in. Remember, um, other than the examples we gave and some others we haven't mentioned, like let's say um, going into Kuwait back in the nineties, um, just stuff right. like that, mm -hmm. um, and maybe places in Africa that would try. Um, yeah, I don't know that Western nations. It's no longer a situation in terms of that, at least for for the most part. But um, yeah. I, I think if the opportunity presented itself, I don't see why, because land is rare. True, it's 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 a commodity, and um, I don't know that. So I think borders are going to be basically roughly going to stay the same, but they haven't always been the same until the last yeah. couple of centuries. To be honest with you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they're always in flux uh, or have been traditionally. I mean, yeah. when you go back through all of the various empires from the Ottoman, go back to the, uh, you know, the Holy Roman, then the Roman, then the Greek. And I mean, how many empires have there been? It's always been in flux. We've kind of stabilized or have stabilized over the last eh, hundred years to where it's, you know, the Soviet breakup of the Soviet Union, notwithstanding, 
it's more or less, and then the breakup of Yugoslavia, now that I think about it, but that was kind of throwing off a colonial power. It's kind of like the decolonization of Africa, where it was French Guiana. Now it's just, it's not anymore. Or there was, um, you know, um, the Belgian Republic of the Congo. It's not anymore. I mean, just so many Western powers have pulled out of Africa, you know, that I don't know if that was due to, quote unquote, good conscience, or if it was a threatened revolution or all of the above. No, but it's I, just like colonization is not a thing anymore. No, good conscience. I, I personally, you can throw that one out the door. Good conscience, nothing. That that's like bottom. Uh, that that's like the last. Uh, it's all it's all for a reason. Other, <laughs> yeah, it's it's all it's all for a reason other than good conscience. I can yeah. I can I, I would bet money on that one. Well, you know, before you could look at a map of Africa and you can tell which nation was exploiting them. And now you don't know who's exploiting them other than the dictator of the day, you know, your supreme leader du jour. Spain right. has territories in northern Africa mm -hmm. um, where it's a whole whole cities. Um, and to this day that well, it's claimed, you know, yeah. by Spain, you cross outside of it mm -hmm. and then the names change you know right to to the uh, local uh, areas but to this day they have territory there don't they have little areas uh like little enclaves of uh they're like little land they're right, like little yeah yeah right there in morocco yeah right along the coastline yeah. yes they have little enclaves yeah. and stuff and and uh so that whole enclave thing is is strange to me i mean yeah how you could they have were, a country within the borders of another country. No, but they're on the ocean. Well, I get it. I, I do understand that. But I mean, if you look at, um, oh, geez, if you look at uh, in Belgium, there is the, um, there are like 4,000 enclaves of Dutch property within Belgium, but it's not Belgium within the borders of Belgium, there are these little areas set aside that yeah. are actually the Netherlands, even though it's deep inside of Belgium and there's yeah. 4,000 of them. And they've kind of treated that as a joke as well, but they're accepted under treaty, but you still have things that happen, you know, where you've got a house that's just two thirds of the front door is in Belgium and one third is in the Netherlands. You yeah. know, you have restaurants that have been there for hundreds of years. That one side of it is in the Netherlands and the other side of it is in Belgium. And they both have different last call hours. So you might be in the middle of a meal and they don't have to get you up, move you over to a table on the other side where they can stay open an hour later. I mean, it's, it's all kinds of goofy stuff like that. And I, I, I don't get why that territory, why that property is so important to the Netherlands when they have plenty of their own. I don't understand why that is so important to them that they want to maintain that, not just say, hey, it's within the border of Belgium. You know, it's Belgium now. In the 1500s through the 1600s, um, 
I wrote a post about it because I was reading into it. Um, due to... As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, the uh, uh, no, nobility royal royalty um, of the uh, Habsburgs, I think it was, of the Habsburgs, um, Spain came into power of all that area. Um, yeah. um the the lowlands, right? Um yeah. And um reading like I didn't go into it too too much. I gave like a little excerpt um because I was studying it, but um reading into it the people, the Dutch were not very pleased with how um the politics were you know sizing up uh because they wanted their particular independence and um so long story short they've always been fought at by by every although it wasn't necessarily uh it was there were fights that the spanish did go in and actually now remembering um at the time the literature that was that was written there was a lot of fear, and to this day they say, I don't know if this is true, I've not talked to it, but that there's traditional uh, oral histories that right. a lot of them, uh, Dutch people, um, believe that the Spanish came in and raped their women and impregnated their women, and then a lot of the um, the descendants, if, if a Dutch person has dark hair, all of a sudden they're like, oh, this one must have been one from the, the rape. And... Um, they did an autosomal test. They did, a, I'm sorry, a test uh-huh. to see if, if, if there's something to it. Because supposedly, and I don't know how far back, I just read up on all of that uh, a few days ago. Right. Um, the, that the Dutch still have in their mind that there was this event, and there was an event. Right. But they wanted to know on a scientific level if the Dutch, these people, some of these Dutch, they come out with this. this dark, it's kind of like the, um, the Black Irish uh-huh. That you had that you had told me about that one time. Well, so they did an autosomal te- or a test. I'm sorry, DNA wise, and they they found that no, these people are Dutch, 
uh-huh. it just so happens that they have black hair it just so happens that they have you know uh Brown dark eyes. features it just so happens to be a european uh it's part of being european it's not always yeah. the nordic blonde that's not part of the deal you don't have to be nordic um yeah. to be european but um they have this trauma and even after that was said they're still like no the history and yes in fact um there was there was you know warring in that area but they weren't the only ones there were um the russians i think also had uh you know attacks yeah. i think that the, the not the french but the um portuguese yeah no no the portuguese the portuguese were there too but i think right. that it was the um under napoleon he tried but didn't get there mm-hmm. the area is coveted the dutch yeah. area is coveted it's you know mm-hmm. well at um, one time they were one of the major trading kingdoms you know one of the major trading empires so yeah i mean it was the english versus the spanish and they were all against the dutch and the portuguese went along for the ride they had a major trading kingdom i mean they were huge players on the world stage i mean the portuguese empire was pretty big it covered a massive swath of africa and for the longest time they held the the reins on the spice trade you know until um a the the spanish discovered a new route to india then they didn't need the portuguese anymore so but and then they more or less the dutch came along and more or less stole the spice trade (laughs) but what the heck but but the whole thing about territory and Mm -hmm. stuff um i don't know that anymore it's to that degree but um, I'm sure if the opportunity presented itself, well, I don't know that any nation would turn a blind eye to acquiring more, considering well, how, you know, um, gluttonous um, well, people that seek power are. If you know. there's a resource there, I, I, I would probably tend to agree with you. If there's something of value there. Oh, no. If it's a rock in the middle of nowhere, I guess. Yeah. But yeah. you know, and, and yeah, and I'm not talking about Hans Island. I'm I'm talking about um, look at Guam getting territory. Yes, but Guam is an American protectorate. It's not a state, um, more or less like uh, American Samoa is. It's it's a protectorate. It's not a state. Same with Puerto Rico. You know, yeah, they have um, limited powers and limited say in the government they don't have senators they don't have congress people they do have representation but they have very very limited powers because they are sovereign nations and all they have to do is say no we don't want your protection anymore get out and we'll get out i think they've tried that in puerto rico and Um, there's a strong push for what they call i i don't i can't i'm not going to speak for but I think it's an idea of independence or sovereignty or this right. or that. But um, and I'm not sure if this is a fact, but I think it is that I've I've read if a Puerto Rican is on the island, I'm not sure. I don't know that they can vote for president. But uh, if they go to the, if they live in the states, they can. I'm not sure if that's true or not, but I think that's kind of true. Um, I. I I, I don't remember how that works, but yeah. um, I, I'll just say that throughout my lifetime, there has been that kind of 
talk in both directions. There have been votes on statehood and there have been votes on complete independence and total sovereignty without American intervention. And they both have failed. So the overwhelming majority of the people want to keep the status quo and just leave things the way they are. You know? Yeah. And that changes from generation to generation. You know, the percentages go up and down, but it's still maintained a minority. It's, it's a minority of people want statehood and a minority of people want to sever ties with uh, the U.S. So, but ultimately it is up to them, you know. It's up to I mean, them if there's consensus enough that they would yeah. want that either way. I mean, it happened with the Philippines, you know. The, oh, yeah, that's right. It was returned to yeah. their whatever their form of. Um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, we didn't we didn't sever all ties, but they're no longer considered a U.S. territory or a U.S. protectorate. So. Yeah. So as far as these these locations um, and being I, I don't I agree with you. But there are questionable areas with certain people that sure. do want. And I think that all, maybe, not maybe, I, I think that all um, disputes occur mm -hmm. now within the realm of international trade and, um, you know, Resources. tariffs and, 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 and shipping well. and stuff like I think it's an economic, mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe sort of like, land sales and international mm -hmm. it's uh, i think war and intellectual property i think it's on that scale now as opposed to you know actual physical war i think you're right um you me greg the snow crusher and a couple of other people we were in a we were in a hangout one day and we were talking about areas that are within, you know, right along the Canadian-U.S. border. And that there were, like, certain towns that um, half of it was on the U.S. side, half of it was on the Canadian side. And it was illegal. If you're driving down the road, heading east, you're on the U.S. side. But if you wanted to go to this gas station, you have to turn left that gas station's on the Canadian side and you legally can't do that. You have to go down to the border checkpoint and everything else. And we were looking at that kind of a thing. And I don't know if you remember, we found a little place in the state of Washington called point Roberts. I don't know if you remember this or not. I remember it. It's right. It, it's up in the far North of the state. It's uh, south of Vancouver, British Columbia. And it's out in what's called the uh, Strait of Georgia. Okay. And it's just the tip of a little peninsula in Canada. But it's just the tip of that peninsula. And there are maybe a dozen streets on it. Mm -hmm. And people live on this thing. Yeah. But and they're U.S. citizens, and in order to do anything to go anywhere, they have to go through a border crossing checkpoint to get off of that point, unless yeah. they take a boat and go into, uh, go across quite a bit of water, 
the uh, on the Strait of Georgia there and go into the U.S. Now, to me, that's insanity. That really is insanity. Now, I'm not going to talk about, um, and there is a ferry, by the way, I should add that. There is a ferry and a highway. But um, what is the U.S.'s interest in keeping that land? Why are we holding on to that? I don't get it. Because people I, I, live I there. Really don't get it. I I know that. I understand. But when I guess my my question is more to the people of the past when they drew that border there. Why keep that little piece? I I, I don't. I really don't understand. Well, but on, on one level, not the level that we're, but on one level. This is not the level, but on one level, if you, wherever you go, in, in general, unless you particularly relinquish it, you're always American. And if you've lived, because I would assume that these people aren't like, I think transients, let's say, I think that they've been living there maybe for generations. I don't yeah, know that, but yeah, they um, they've been there for a while and these are, you know, well-established homes and what have you. Yeah, so there is such a thing as the so the tradition of well, they're American. It doesn't matter where the heck they they could be on. You know what I'm saying? It, it's it's like you you can't strip that away. So I think no, you you can't. Has, and I don't go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just I think that it has something to the why it just remains is it's it's like hey, this is ours. We've always been here. Screw right. you, and that's it. And and I don't I, think the others are asking for it either. And there may be something to that. There may be a lot of that uh, by now. But you would think just the logistics of getting from point A to point B, because to do anything, to leave that island, unless you've got a decent boat, you have to go into Canada to get back to the U.S., whether it be on the ferry or on the highway or anything, unless you have a decent-sized boat, because we're talking about, we're not talking about going across the river. We're talking about a major channel. Let between the U.S. and Canada. Let I mean, me I'm just wondering why the Canadian government has not offered to buy those properties there. Let me ask you this mm -hmm. on the heels of that. Okay. Before I lose it. Okay. Before I lose it. So this may be not answerable or it might lead to something fun just for the hell of it. Mm -hmm. Within the topic. Saying that that you just said, people that live in an area that's adjacent to another country mm -hmm. i'm assuming bleeds it bleeds in cultural norms from the surrounding areas um there's like a a bit of there's influence let's say um there's i don't know to what degree in this and that but i would i would assume someone from that place mm -hmm. um has certain little things mm -hmm. Culturally speaking, I don't know to what extent that would be completely different in uh, that, that those terms to someone living in Virginia, let's say. Right. Um, so here's my question. So and we do know, like what you said, there's other places up in Canada. And, and so my question is this. It might be begging the question. Are those people fully American 
culturally, does it matter at all? And what is, where can we look towards the actual orb of culturally American, territorially and culturally? Uh, what you're talking about right there is human geography. And human geography, cultural geography transcends borders. Um, there really aren't any borders. You can be, you can, you can move to Spain and live there for the rest of your life and just be as American as you are today. You could move to Iceland and be just American as you are today. So that really holds, there, there really are no borders. As far as living right on the border, like you're talking about, I'm sure they have absorbed a lot of the Canadian culture. I'm sure Canadian slang, maybe accents or dialects, um, simple things like spelling or, you know, saying certain words with a certain stress here and there. So, yeah, I can see how that is. I mean, you, you have a, a blending and a melding of cultures because you're right there close in close proximity. How American are they? They're as American as you and me if they, you know, if they're American. Um, so, you know, you, you, <sighs> I think that's I think that's right. I, I agree with that. Um, but I wanted to see what, you know, you were. But how about the other part? Is there one place? I mean, it begs a question because you've just. Is there one place you could say is the nucleus of where all roads intersect? You know how they say all roads lead to Rome. Right. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, And this goes to expats. You know, mm -hmm. you've seen videos of people. I lived... I was born in America and I lived here all, and I lived there all my life, but I moved to, um, I don't know, uh, Ecuador. And now I've got, uh, this, this, this house over here sitting on yeah. a cliff and, and stuff like that. Um, he, he, he's, he's exporting himself right. with all that it is that he is, but he's in a different place, but that's different than someone 
that lives in in like next to Canada, let's say, or um, boy, I don't know, in uh, whatever any place that that's on the on the board, what would be all roads lead to Rome, in reference to America, or is there, there isn't one? There isn't one. There isn't one, and that's because we're not all the same. I mean, um, let's take ancestry out of the equation. But the Northeast is as different from the Southwest as Miami is from the Pacific Northwest. I think that has to do also, ancestry is influenced in it. Yes, it is. But, you know, the whole vibe, the climate, the local resources... Yes. A lot of the customs are based on resources that they had at hand. Like up here in the Pacific Northwest, they eat a lot of fish, a lot of salmon specifically, because there's a lot of it here. Down where you're at is not so much salmon. There is no, there's, some. There's none. <laughs> so there's none. You know, just culturally there, there's a huge difference. You yeah. Know? I can go get smoked salmon right now. You might be able to in a specialty shop and it's, you're going to pay an arm and a leg for it because they have to bring it into you. Um, so, but you also, then we bring ancestry into it. Yeah. You have different, different peoples have settled in different areas. So, you know, the uh, culture in and around Chicago is completely different from the culture in and around Philadelphia, which is completely different from the culture down in Baton Rouge or New Orleans, which is completely different from Houston. They're not that far apart, but culturally they're worlds away. So I don't think there is any one nucleus of American. You can put a border around America and say, there it is. But you can't really say these people are the official. Yeah. Americans, because we all are. It's it's as varied as you want to make it. I mean, the the people who live in Chinatown in San Francisco are just as American as you and me. So they're just steeped in a different culture. Okay, so let me ask you this then with that. Um, And I agree. I agree. I mean, it's obvious. If one were to ponder, I think that that's a, a fair conclusion for for mm-hmm. very for very uh, obvious reasons. But um, let me ask you this then: I think everybody can do this, for the most part. Can you or have, for the most part, can you pick out an American? And I know there's iffy situations, right? Because there's there's people that make. But can you pick up, regardless of region, just by what you've seen by your travels or TV or popular culture, just growing up? Um, can you pick out when someone is is an American um, by certain? Because what I, what it is is you, you you. This is the question. What it is is that, and I've mentioned this before, across the country there's all these variations but there's also a something i can't quite never been able to it's there but there's all these variations in culture and maybe Mm -hmm. these people like this those people like that and all walks of life but there's some sort of glue where you can sort of 
sort of like suss out um whether it's on TV this is or at interviews if a person's Canadian you can hear a slight little thing and you say aha uh -huh. even sitting back on your in your chair and the opposite is true with um with yeah. uh trying to suss out who's you know oh this is an American maybe it's a different person but you can tell by some sort of cultural there, there there are some common things that we do here and it all comes down to space this country a few towns notwithstanding um you know there's not a lot of space in southern california or new york or philly or chicago where people are packed pretty densely together but yeah. even then americans when that because you know just going down to uh mainz germany in the middle of uh, saturday or sunday all the stores are closed and but the place is jam-packed crowded because they love to people watch they're very fashion conscious so downtown is just jam-packed with people just walking around watching people seeing what everybody's wearing and just getting out and enjoying yeah. you know not for the purpose of shopping and we did it a few times as well and you could spot the americans by the way they walked they're more outgoing they're not so much aggressive but they're more expressive in the way they walk they tend to swing their arms and occupy a little bit more space on the sidewalk than other folks do germans are very closed elbows in arms crossed in front of you head down and you walk americans aren't that way they're looking around their arms are down by their sides and there's a more expressiveness in the way they walk. And I've seen that amongst like U.S. troops of every ethnicity walking around downtown. My friends and total strangers alike. You could sit there on like a step of a church or something like that and watch a crowd and go, that's an American. That's an American. That's an American. Just by the way they walk. Right. Not regardless of and, and regardless of it. So I'll tell you, um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Um, it's, I'm laughing at what you just said with the walking and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So back in the day, we were, we finally were given in the Everglades when we were driving airboats, um, we used to use cell phones to call into base or station if we were r running into some problems. Out, it could be running out of gas, uh, the propeller, uh, you know, blew blew off, mm -hmm. um, any number of things. You got stuck, any number of things. And we'd carry it in a plastic little baggie so it wouldn't get wet, mm -hmm. you know, because those things were expensive. Well, we finally got um, radios, walkie-talkies, mm -hmm. and we got a, a, a nice, um, you know, place to holster the walkie-talkie on the side and stuff. And um, and I caught myself doing it, too. It's freaking hilarious. Um, and we had this, this uh, new worker there, and he was a Nicaraguan guy. Um, training to be a, a tour guide um i forget his name now but he was there and stuff and um we're all walking around we've got our new walkie-talkies on our belts and stuff and i'd walk out i have my walkie-talkie the other guy has his and the, the the nicaraguan guy comes around and says you guys are hilarious you're walking around like 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 the 1950s cowboys like the walkie-talkie you're brandishing a, a gun on your side because we did we were walking <laughs> ever since we had the walkie-talkies our legs were wider apart when we walked and our hands were always like this ready so we all grew up watching too many westerns and you yes. can and he caught it, and when he told me about it, and I looked around, and I saw myself. 
yeah. I was walking around like like I was ready to to go, you know, draw on someone. I started peeing my pants laughing right there, dude. Americans, right there. we it's so funny, dude. You cannot deny we have swagger. We have swagger. We strut. We 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 just know we're the coolest. So the augmentation. So I guess so. Prior to the walkie-talkie, um, we would walk kind of like normal, whatever. But that gave us a little push into exaggerate. Yeah. And plus, we're wearing uniforms and stuff. So we, we were we, we were always hoping for 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 a weapon. <laughs> Yeah, and now and now we had something that's not deadly at all, but we could, could use call it for like help. Toy. It was hilarious, dude. It was, and, yeah. and he caught it, and he made me laugh. Man, it was great. Yeah, uh, you that, had to be there to really appreciate yeah, the joke. I do appreciate it because he's hundred percent right. Americans do have swagger, and if you give us an accessory, we'll add to that swagger. The other thing that you could count on was baseball caps. Americans love baseball caps. Now there are there are other people in other nations that do wear them, but they just never caught on overseas the way they caught on in the U.S. Yeah, you know maybe our friend Greg can let us know about baseball caps in Canada, but down here, if you walk into any store and you look around, the first twenty people you see, half of them will be wearing a baseball cap. It's so common that I don't even pay. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so common. I don't pay attention, right? But it's, it's that common. But it stands out like a sore thumb in any other country that I've ever visited. Anyway, you know, be it France, Switzerland, Germany, the Netherlands, Belgium. The only people wearing baseball caps were Americans. Now, then again, that was 20, 30 years ago because we left in ninety uh, two, so it's been a while. So who knows? Yeah, so who knows what it is now? Because right. American pop culture knows no borders either. American pop culture goes ends up in some of the weirdest places. Uh, well, so. there's weird. Well, see, it depends because it's 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 from the point of view. Because um, over for some, so I'll say this: uh, doing airboat tours uh, for over ten years, um, you get to see a lot of stuff, and people do have cultural things that are regional. So I'm not oblivious to these this topic that we're talking about because i actually um experienced it day by day having people throngs of people in in huge tourist buses being yeah. dropped off and uh, working from the morning to the evening seeing all this um i remember seeing like people coming from like russia let's say uh -huh. and all that was missing was like a fur coat but they had the the the, the jewelry pearls uh, dress and it was like um not necessarily 100% appropriate for the uh, event that was going on, let's say, as an example. Right. But I, I, I did, So you can see these things, you know, whereas um, the American would, would wear a, a T-shirt and some mm -hmm. shorts maybe and a yeah. cap, right? Yeah. Um, and that was a typical thing. Um, some were a little bit more, you know, they, they like to, to, to have the belt buckle and the mm -hmm. this and that and maybe the boots and stuff. But within the context of, of casual, let's say. Right. Um, and the Italians, dude, not all of them, but they were always, dude, and you have to see it, on the cutting edge of fashion. And it doesn't matter. You're out in the Everglades sweating your nuts off. They were, they, they'd wear, it, it's, it's, 
it's as if they were going to an arts festival always. And I'm talking like 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 certain types of pants that were huggy huggy pants. I don't even know what the word is. They write up it's kind of like they're going sailing or something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious. And and you you just you start to see those patterns and stuff. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Anyways, uh, let's wrap this up. Okay. If, if Unless you have something else. Nope, I don't have anything else for this week. I just wanted to talk a little bit about Hans Island because I think personally a bottle of booze, a handshake, and a smile is the best way to handle a border dispute. Yeah. Just my opinion. Well, I mean, it's the least lethal way. Yeah. And yeah. if you don't solve the issue, so long as everybody's happy to trade back and forth once a year, no issue. Yeah, you would not have made a, a great uh, a great soldier necessarily back in the um, like 15, 16, 1700s because you say, folks, why battle this one? Well, Let's you know what? I didn't say that when I was in the army twenty years ago either. But I, I, well, that you're right, and I'm not trying to. I'm just saying yeah. that 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 peace and 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 uh-huh. that sort of thing that's the ideal sure but like they'll take us you which, know which is why it's remarkable and which is why it's fun to see people actually putting it into play yeah you're right and you know what is it really worth killing millions of people not that rock no not that you know what rock. i'm saying yeah. is it really worth it? and now i'm sure there's and, people that are gun ho on that one but and but the thing about it is is both sides know that that's why they're taking part in this untraditional tradition you know yeah. they both realize that this really doesn't at the end of the day this really doesn't matter so let's have some fun with it you know, yes, we do need to solve it. We do need to sit down and discuss it. And maybe we do need to uh, sign a new treaty or at least establish where the boundary actually is. But until then, eh, there's more important things to worry about right now. We'll leave it on that high note because I think that that's I think that's the best way to go about it. But then again, what do I know? I think so. we'll leave it on that high note because that's. It's better to live than than to um, fade away. (laughs) All right. So, listen, we go live every Tuesday, 930 Eastern, 630 Pacific time. We're the Trampled Underfoot podcast show here on YouTube. You can catch us here at our channel. And um, we also have a website by the same name, Trampled Underfoot podcast.com you can catch our past episodes there and we typically post when you know something uh, catches our eye of importance we'll usually drop some links over <coughs> and some photos over on our facebook page by the same name so um keep that in mind you guys have a great rest of the week and by the way we're also sponsored by Steve Nealon over at Harneal Media, your one-stop website shop. If you're looking to improve your online presence, you want to move beyond social media, maybe you have a lot to say, maybe you don't have much to say. Maybe you want to set up a web store where you can sell your items, your crafts, your projects, or maybe you would like to design merch and sell t-shirts, baseball caps, coffee mugs things of that nature. Steve can set you up with a print-on-demand service that will handle all of that. They take care of the stock, the inventory, the shipping, everything. You just promote your website 
and sit back and watch the orders come in. Steve will do as much or as little as you want him to do. If you're experienced in running a website and just looking for a host, Steve is the man to talk to. That's Harneal Media, H-A-R-N-E-A-L, media.com. Sponsor of TrampledUnderfootPodcast.com. All right. Catch you guys next time. Have a great week. We're out of here. Take care. Trampled Underfoot. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.